but uh, it was something just a little different. And in spite of all the absentee of logic, reasoning, wonder why he'd preach something like that. Proud, good as we are. Amen, amen, amen. I feel like the Lord's dealt strongly with my heart. I want to read to you tonight from Jeremiah chapter 2. And I'm going to read verse 9 through 13. Just to kind of give you a heads up. I may be preaching just a little allegorical, if you know what I mean. I don't know that I have what you'd call sermon form. Um, but praise God. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 9. Thank you, Pastor, for allowing me to come and adjust in your schedule. And uh, I know in all of that, God doesn't have a plan B. It's all plan A. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 9. Wherefore I will yet plead with you, saith the Lord, and with your children's children will I plead. That's a reference to the third generation, by the way. For pass over the isles of Chittim and sea, and send unto Kedar, and consider diligently, and see if there be such a thing. <clears throat> what I'm fixing to read to you is as close to divinity displaying a, a sense of the incredulous. I want you to get that divine attitude before I read this. He, he said, hath a nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods? But my people have changed their glory. For that which doth not profit. Listen to the language the Lord uses to his prophet. He said, be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and, and be horribly afraid. Be ye desolate, saith the Lord. My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them. It's all about them. Oh, God, help me, Jesus, not to get the cart before the horse. But if I've ever seen a generation that embraces what God has to offer as if it's all about them. 
It's this generation that I'm preaching to in these days. Hewn them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. My subject tonight, I hope I can get this to where you'll understand what I mean by it. But I want to preach to you tonight on replacement theology. Replacement theology. You're making it all about yourself. But what are you getting in your replacement of this apostolic theology? Pastor, would you pray? give the Lord some glory right now. Would you attempt to just enter into the realm of the Spirit right now? Into His kingdom courtroom. Could you, could you do that? Could you just ease into His presence? God bless you. You can be seated. I saw the quick smile on your face when you saw me coming. Your beauty was as always. Your dress, classy, elegant. Your hair was so well arranged to compliment and frame your face. I marveled at your comeliness and attraction, yet there was something brittle about your smile. In spite of the upturning and the flash of <clears throat> pearly white teeth, your beauty was as alluring as ever, yet there was a hint of darkness clouding your once sparkling eyes, and your hair, well set, perfectly framed, framing the oval of your face, was suddenly reminiscent of a beautiful photo or a painting, photoshopped. but unable to deny that it's just a memory of a life once lived but existing no more. Again, I still marvel at your comeliness and attractiveness, but it now seems so empty and without true 
the solid spiritual foundation. I know it's a seeming contradiction, but can I say bright yet dull and tarnished with death? A beautiful smile, but the ugliness and emotion of pain's separation from God. Gorgeous hair that once framed the glory of God, now carefully framing our own selfish ambitions and feeding the idea that we have detrimentally messed with the image of His glory and holiness. Beautiful clothing that once embodied the worship and inextricably enjoining of self and soul to God. Now just a seemingly lifeless clothes horse with our once garments of loving praise draped over a performing but yet lifeless and inanimate form. Some of y'all waiting on me to preach, and I'm almost done. You're still so beautiful. Come on, are you getting the metaphor, the allegory? You're still so beautiful, but so was she. Laying in her coffin, made up to look alive though asleep, dressed up nicely, but Nowhere living to go. Surrounded with beauty, but all of the beauty cannot detract from the fact she's dead. Dead. Expired. That sounds a little better, don't it? Euphemistically, passed. dead. But the difference between you and her is that you're still breathing, though you're not really living. You need another touch. You need yet another touch from the loving redeemer of your soul. My God have mercy. You never were so beautiful as you were when he first filled you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you spoke in that beautiful language of the Spirit. You never glowed like you did when you came up out of the waters of baptism in Jesus' name. But you've replaced real beauty with a tinsel of decoration. You've decked yourself out in an attempt to recapture that essence of real life and living, but it's just an empty, vain decoration. You never were so clean as you were 
when embraced in his presence, you didn't give a flip. You didn't care one iota what the world thought, what your peers thought of you. You were just basking in the loving encircling of his arms. Oh, that we could remember this. Oh, that we had not have turned church into our comfort zone and our experience of convenience. Oh, that we remembered the constant daily sacrifice of making our way to the house of God and feeling the renewal as we allowed him to embrace us in his loving presence and arms. Dear God, dear God, how time has passed and how things have changed. Now church is not about God, it's all about us. And the only thing left is an empty shell and a hopeless guilt that cannot, cannot, cannot be camouflaged by cheap justification and the lies we tell ourselves that we're just as all right as we ever were. We still live in a certain manner and we justify our sense of outward expression as holiness. But there is a hunger in us that is absent. Hallelujah. And now we live by appetite instead of by hunger. You see, appetite is different from hunger and there is even no relation there. Because appetite, appetite is, is something you acquired through a previous taste. You developed a taste for something, and it gives you an appetite for the same. But hunger does not know appetite. Hunger only recognizes that there is something empty in you that needs to be filled. Hunger only expresses that there is something that cheapness cannot satisfy. There is something that a form and a fashion of godliness cannot a man satisfy in us or satiate that hunger. And we today, ladies and gentlemen, are no longer driven by hunger. I said we are no longer driven by hunger. We operate in the society by appetite of things once experienced. We have developed an appetite for certain things that are pleasing to us. Sense to anybody? Our churches would turn upside down if we would forget those things that appeal to my taste. And we would allow ourselves to be driven by hunger. Hallelujah. All that's left is the emptiness of opportunities thrown away. Opportunities thrown away. The knocking at the door of your heart ignored. And when you finally go to the door and open it, the lover of your soul had withdrawn himself and was gone. 
You remember the scripture, don't you? She was used to him coming around. She was used to him knocking at the door and all that. This time she had already went to bed. This time she had already washed her feet. Come on now. This, this, this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, betrothed one of the bridegroom. Mm. Hallelujah. All that's left because he knocked at the door and she didn't answer. Oh, I know you've heard me say this before, but I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost has strongly dealt with my heart. Amen, amen. He knocks, she ignores. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Finally, she answered. She said, I put off my clothes. How can I put them on? This is inconvenient for me. I've washed my feet. How shall I soil them and dirty them on my way to answer a door? It's inconvenient for me. It's causing me more trouble than I'm willing to give. Go away. I've gotten used to you coming around. You'll come around again, but not tonight. And the Bible said, my beloved put his hand by the hole in the door. And that hole is just a reference to a latch string that was pulled in on the inside to where it could, the door could not be opened from the outside. During the daylight hours, the latch string was through the hole on the outside. You pull it. It went through the pulley. It lifted up the lever. The door would swing open out of its locking mechanism. Hallelujah. But now she finally gets up. Now it bothers her enough. Come on. Come on. Now it bothers her enough. And this is the crucial. I, I feel like the Holy Ghost just spoke to my heart. That there are some people that, that, that it has absolutely burdened you to the point of distraction. Well, sometimes you feel like you've about lost your mind and about to lose your mind over people and their choices and the things they've done and the directions they've gone. But I feel like God said that they're at a crucial point right now because they're at that point where they're fixing to get out of bed and they're fixing to walk to the door and open it, and only God is going to be able to do a miracle. All of your convincing is not going to do a bit of good. You can't preach to the choir that already knows the song. I don't know what in the world I'm talking about. I know that the Holy Ghost is directing my heart tonight. Hallelujah. 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 So you, you can't debate him because you can't debate his spirit. Deception cannot be debated. Deception can only be taken authority over, and that is the spirit. But unless they choose to release themselves from that spirit of deception, they'll never be released. There is a critical point going on right now. Oh, you can just chalk this one up. Preacher fumbled around, dropped his watermelon tonight. I'll take account for the watermelon and the seed scattered everywhere, but I know I've heard from God. I know I've heard from God. This is a crucial point. That, that that somebody is at right now. Because when this gal went to the door and opened the door, my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. Hallelujah. There are times when you're unavailable and he'll still be there. There are times whenever you make yourself unavailable 
and he's still there, and he's still reaching because he don't give up easy. He's all, you're always on his mind, but there will be a day, don't you ever forget it, there will be a day that your beloved will only last so long of knocking at the door and you refusing to answer and not just ignoring him, but giving every excuse in your repertoire of excuses to not answer the door. To not go against your, your, your degree of being inconvenienced. And when you finally do feel bad enough to go answer the door. Come on now. Maybe it's your memory of the other rendezvous you've had with him. And the beautiful loving embraces that you remember. Come on now. Maybe it's all that. All that. that The courtship and, and the engagement. The betrothal period. Maybe you remember a lot of things and then. You get to feeling guilty. And you decide, I, I better answer the door. But you answer the door, and she made it very plain. She said, my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. Here's where replacement theology comes in. She said, and my hands dropped with myrrh. From off the handles of the door, the lock of the door, off of the latch string. Because when my beloved withdrawn himself and was gone, and gone he was, all that was left behind was a fragrance. The cologne of his passing, the fragrance that he left on the latch of the door. Oh God, doesn't it bother you? Doesn't it bother you? This fragrance was not an indication. It was not an indication that he was coming back. It was a reminder of what she traded for. It's a reminder that there is no profit in a fragrance. And there is no profit in a memory. Unless there is submission in somebody's life. Come on now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's replacement theology. So you go ahead and you leave pure worship behind. But what will you trade for? You just, you just go ahead and you hang back and isolate yourself. But, but what will you trade for? And what will it profit a man or a woman that if they should gain the whole world and lose their own soul? For what would it profit a man? Can I, can I paraphrase a little? Can I? Hallelujah. What would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own son? What would it profit a mother if she would gain the whole world? Amen. And lose her own daughter. What, what would it profit you, son, if you reached far beyond what your daddy did and you gained the whole world and you lose your daddy's grandson? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I, I, I feel driven in the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. We need to consider what we're trading for. We need to consider what we're getting in replacement of our theology we once embraced. All that's left is a fragrance left behind from where his hand lingered. It didn't just pass over the lock. It lingered on the lock. Just the memories elicited from a past presence. And I still hear the voice saying, open to me. Open to me. My 
my love, my undefiled, open to me. So what I'm saying today, and and I know that that if, if you couldn't, if you thought it was proper and you could get by with it, you'd probably look at whoever was right by you. It's okay. And you say, what in the world is he preaching on? I don't know anybody here that fits what he's preaching. But see, that's the tragedy of it all. Because I've seen too many smiling faces come in that had heaven on their face and hell in their heart. I've seen it over the 50-plus years. I've been preaching since I was too young to preach, and I've seen it again and again and again. I've seen men with a heritage. I am burdened in my spirit tonight. Men with a with a with a. Uh, uh, a legacy, if you please, of the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost all of a sudden doing stupid stuff in their life and, and incredibly, incredibly uh, uh, reaping consequences, not just in them, but in their families and their children and their grandchildren. And I'm saying, oh, God, what is the answer here? I feel like the Holy Ghost said that the difference between us and them is that we've got another chance at redemption, redeeming. And so tonight, I'm, I'm just saying, will you take it? Will you embrace it? Will you grasp it? Or will you live the rest of your life trying to prove you're still alive, still happy, still popular, still wanted? Now your new friends are telling you, oh, you don't have, sissy, you don't have to do that. That's, that's not required. God is a God of love. Man looks on the outward appearance of God. He looks on the heart. You're okay. You're okay. We're okay. We're your new friends. Oh, my Lord, my Lord. You better watch for that spirit of isolation. Because when it first starts, you're just kind of upset and hurt. Whether it's real or not. According to your perception, you're, you're upset, you're hurt. But if you, keep, if you keep pushing that spirit, if you keep embracing isolation, isolation will escalate until you're not even remembered as who you were, but who you become. There's never a good ending to the escalation of isolation. Isolation is an indication, it should be, in your heart that things are not right. And this isn't about me. This isn't about everybody else. This is about I need to get a hold of God. Hallelujah. 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 I know if I'd mentioned the name Michael English, 99% of you would know exactly who I'm talking about. He's only probably one of my favorite singers in the world, not because of his talent. And believe me, he's got plenty of it. But he blew it. He messed up. He royally messed up. But found his way back. And he realized, he made the statement, this is some years ago, 
He said, I found out that I didn't have to sing another note. I found out that I didn't have to sing another song. I found out I didn't have to exercise my talent. He said, and I'm pretty close to quoting here. He said, I found out that God loved me and not my talent and not my singing. He loved me. Can somebody say redemption? Come on now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, you can Photoshop it. But honey, if it ain't there, it's just not there. You can Photoshop it until somebody says to you, didn't you see my picture on Facebook? That was you. It don't look like you. And it's humorous, but, you know, it's easier for the knife to go in when you're giggling. So, you used to tease me when I'm, me and Mama got married. And uh, I don't know why, but they intimated she was in love with my singing. <laughs> and they said things like, uh, the next morning, sitting at the breakfast table, Dropped the newspaper and looked at her, and she said, Ooh, sing it again, Johnny. Sing it again. You didn't get that, did you? you did, I hope you didn't get it. It's bad enough I got it. Hallelujah. Oh, really, what I'm talking about is you can Photoshop it, but if it's not there, it's just not there. You can come in and gesture in all the right places. When the You know what's the right places. Preacher's excited. He makes a major point. Dress it up all you want to, but if it's not real, it's just tinsel. So, are you going to spend the rest of your life trying to prove you're still alive? Still happy? Still popular? Still wanted? But spiritually dead. Ooh, I put a cloud on this service tonight. You worship, but not at the altar of godly embrace, but you worship at the altar of self-embrace. So, uh, music, if you'd help me. I want to close with this, the lyrics from this song from the old Henson Vineyard album. It was ahead of its time. It really didn't catch on until a couple of years ago. It started breaking out again. But the lyrics say, So you say you got another case of lonely. A new heartache blows in on every breeze. You're laying across your bed. You're thinking, Lord, if only. If I could go to sleep, the pain would ease. But sleep don't come like it used to. The night keeps you awake by changing itself today. The daylight hours mean so little to you since the one that lights up your life 
seemed so far away. The chorus said, won't you come on back to the one that still loves you? Currently, standing with his arms held open wide, Jesus is the one you used to cling to. And he's the only one that can change that lonely feeling inside. Replacement theology. He used to turn your crank. Who's turning your crank now? Sorry, I, I know these are just straightforward words, but they need to be. They need to be. Far and near you've searched, and you ain't never found nothing that can take the place of the love he has to give. Oh, how you've missed those arms around you, arms that used to shelter you and keep you from wrong. But the waves of sorrow seem to nearly drown you, and a voice inside you says you've been gone away too long. Won't you come on back? the one that still loves you. Just want to tell somebody tonight, he still loves you. Don't you even consider another direction. And if you do, you better take a good, hard, long look at those who have chosen another direction. And you tell me, because you're in the know, you tell me, what did they trade for? What did they get in return? Heartache. But when the day's over, oh my Lord, when the party is over, oh my, oh my, oh my. You think life's just a party, a carousel of fun. You laugh and play your day away as if tomorrow won't come. You laugh and talk about heaven say it can't be true then one day the party is going to be over come on your fun and laughter gone your friends will leave and all go home your friends that gave you identity your friends that gave you expression come on they'll leave and all go home and you'll be left alone Then it'll be just you and your soul to spend the long night through. One day the party will be over. And the party was what was important to you. You see it. It's inevitable. There'll be wrinkles in your face one day. You and Lady Olay can treat it all you want to, but there'll be wrinkles one day. 
and your legs won't be able to dance like they used to one day. You won't be able to move like you used to move one day. One day, it's going to be mirror time. And it's not just going to be an image of what you've become. You'll look at what you became and you'll remember what you used to be. And you'll ask yourself the question, and I don't know whether you'll have nerve enough to answer it standing in front of that looking glass. What have I got in exchange? If I should die tonight, where would I go? If the trumpet should sound tonight, where would I go? ought to be something in us that compels us to draw me nearer, nearer Christ. To the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, nearer, nearer precious Lord to thy precious bleeding side. You can get caught up in this culture and its subculture if you want to. You can hurry up and race here and race there. This mall, that mall, this eaten place, and the next one. You can run entertainment, but you'll be late getting to where you're going. I'm going to tell this story pastor told it recently and it grabbed my attention. The king and his procession was on their horses riding down the cobblestone thoroughfare I believe of the old Roman Empire. The king all of a sudden had to throw the reins to his horse and bring it to a halt because a lady had thrown herself, a peasant woman had thrown herself in front of the king's procession. And she finally looked up at the king and she said, King, I just need an audience with you. It's an emergency. I've got a son and he's in prison. And he's going to be executed today. I'm pleading with you, King, for my son. I know he's done wrong. I'm pleading. I'm begging you for this, this mother's son. Would you pardon my son? The king was moved by her compassion. And he turned to a messenger and he said, take this message to the prison immediately and let all of the kingdom know that I have pardoned this young man from all of his criminality and he can go free today. Is that something to rejoice about? The messenger on his way to the prison 
passed through a certain town on his way, and there was a carnival going on, and he stopped to be entertained by the carnival, the parade. And by the time it dawned on him, oh, i got to get back on my journey. He forgot. He got wrapped up and forgot the message. He got wrapped up in all of that and forgot his purpose. And he forgot the urgency of the message he carried. Oh, he flogged his beast and got there to the prison. And the young man had just been executed just minutes before. When the messenger faced the king with a shame-filled face upon being asked, Why? You have plenty of time to get there. Why? He said, King, on my way to carry your pardon to this young man, I stopped to laugh at the clowns. I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I know I feel like repenting. We can get so wrapped up in this and that and one thing and the other till we convince ourselves we've got time to laugh at the clowns. And while we're laughing at the clowns, those that we were required to send a message of full pardon to, a king's full pardon to, are executed. And we're prayer warriors. But we're not carrying the message. We can pray for hours a day and not be a soul winner. Am I making sense to anybody? Pastor of the large apostolic church, one of his ladies in the church is a prayer warrior. 90% of the time if you find her and you need her for something in his own words, you'll find her praying. He said she prays always. And he says something got a hold of him one day and he walked up to her. And I think her name was uh, Sister Jessica, I think. He says, Sister Jessica, God told me to tell you to get off your knees and go win a soul. She got off her knees and she went down to a denominal church. And I think they let her testify, they recognized her. And the pastor of that denominal church asked her to come back and preach for them. And so she did. And she, in a nice way, with a gentle spirit, not with any kind of superiority, but with meekness she preached the new birth message. And that night, she baptized the pastor and his wife 
and he's still the pastor of that denominal church, and he has baptized his church in Jesus' name. What if she'd waited? What if she'd waited? What if she'd stopped to laugh at the clowns on her way to carry a full pardon from the king? Help me, Jesus. Come on, let's stand and begin to reach toward heaven right now, would you? I I don't know if I've preached long or short. I have no idea. Sunday will be more exciting, but I felt the Holy Ghost talk to my heart. To hear tonight, you felt the leanings towards isolation. I'm begging you in Jesus' name, find you an altar. Find you a friend. Find you a brother. Find you a sister. Come on. Somebody just needs to resume your journey and hope you get to the prison for the king's full pardon for somebody. Come on. Come on, let's pray. Let's reach out. Let's be renewed in kingdom purpose. Let's be renewed in kingdom purpose. Take me back. Bring me back. Coming. Oh, 
yes, there is. But it's going to be a work of the Holy Ghost. It's going to be a work of the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's grab hold of this. Let's grab a hold of this. This isn't just the cycling of the cycles that churches go through. But there is an influx coming. And it's not just a cycle of growth. It is end time growth. I was getting ready to do something for this church. This year, it isn't two years down the road. It's not three years down the road. It isn't six or eight months down the road. It starts now. Somebody ought to stir your faith. It starts now. It starts now. God's getting ready to do this. seen the rolling and the tossing on the bed in the night hours trying not to disturb your husband but I saw something sis and I'm just going to tell you what I saw I saw the angel of the Lord come stand at the foot of your bed and he's bringing peace sleep well because he said my peace I bring my peace I give I don't know if you'll see the angel I don't know but I know he's there and he's brought peace you'll toss no more there'll be no need to fluff up the other side of the pillow come on now you're going to lay there and sleep the sleep of a secure and loved heart with 
God is getting ready to move. God is getting ready to move. He is a mender. He's a heart mender. Yes, he is. Hallelujah. Let's love him one more time, folks. Come on. memory I mean we could do that and take a long time up here but I felt like the Lord said you're still that church I, I just felt like God wanted me to tell you you're still that church he does not love you any less he's not any less powerful now than he was then come on it isn't about what you earn. It's about who he is. Hallelujah. Get ready for a powerful outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Get ready for new blood that appreciates where they are as opposed to where they used to be. Hold on to the real. Don't replace it with the tinsel. God loves you. God bless you.
praise. Let's be grateful and thankful for what we've heard tonight from the man of God. Hallelujah. He's going to be back with us Sunday to share. Amen. The word of God with us is coming Sunday. So, amen. Come back. Praise God. Bring somebody with you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's see what God's going to do for us Sunday. Amen. God bless you. Shake hands with somebody. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Praise God. Hallelujah.